0: and get 10% off your plan.
3: Hi there, and welcome to a special can episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. I'm Adweek's European Bureau Chief, Stephen Lintzak, and I'll be speaking to Ryan Verscure, the Global VP of Culture and Capability of ABMV, which is to be named this year's Creative Marketer of the Year. By the way, great job title. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Ryan, welcome to Cannes and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Excited to chat. Well, well, let's start off with what are you looking forward to most by uh, being here in Cannes this year other than the award?
4: Other than the award, you know, we haven't seen a lot of our colleagues for three years. So just the hugs and the getting people together again. You know, we're a beer company. We really celebrate bringing people together. And I think having our colleagues in a room is going to be amazing. So one of our big objectives is engagement. But mostly we're here to learn. Officially, we are here to learn but we're going to engage and celebrate as well. So, so you are
3: going to be a hugger and you're quite open to
4: that? Uh, we, at, at the very least a fist bump. We'll do some fist bumping. How about that? Uh, I quite like a fist bump as Yeah, well. That seems to be the new thing. I had an elbow bump today, which is not my favourite, nah, but a fist nah. bump is okay. Right. Okay. So we want to keep the fist bump. The one thing we've got out of the pandemic, fist bumps. So I
3: want to start off by talking a bit about the history of ABM Bev's marketing that has led to it being named Creative Marketer of the Year. Um, But let me also start by asking you, what's going to be your drink of choice this week at Cannes? It's a wonderful question.
4: Uh, I will take any of the brands we have. It's hard to pick a favourite. If I can find a Budweiser, I would love it. We've already had a few Coronas, and we'll keep an eye out for anything else that we have. I will also look out for a very special can of cans, which if you see very limited edition uh, we have a, a lager and a, a sort of rose beer so look out for that it'll only be available in the palais that'll be a, a special surprise for a few guests is that getting anything to do if i notice there's an activation at the front before it's a budweiser and it's that's down. a little bit different that's a little surprise that we have which we're excited to unveil tomorrow uh tomorrow being monday uh, so that's really an installation that we put together to bring our brand purpose, to, uh, our company's purpose to life, which is really, we dream big to create a future with more cheers. We believe creativity can play a huge role in that. And this is really just a little play between can and the word cheers. So look out for that. Okay,
3: uh, yeah, I've walked by it a few times already, so I'll It's not quite that. ready, have you seen what it is
4: yet? I have no idea what it is. You will find out on Monday. Okay,
3: uh, so when you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, you probably know already. You already know, exactly. <laughs> uh, so last year, you guys had a phenomenal year, uh, Well, and it was a two year, two, two year celebration for Cannes. Can you talk a bit about what happened last year for the
4: brand? So what really happened I think last year was an accumulation of a couple of factors. This has been a five year journey for us really, and it's something that we set a goal for ourselves several years ago. So really the, the genesis of where all of this happened for us was uh, we had a bit of a reputation in the industry as being brand buyers right, rather than brand builders. We really had to pivot to organic growth. We know that's something that we need to do. And to do that, you need strong brands. And one of the key ingredients is creativity. So this is a journey we've been on for five years. Last year really was the, not the culmination, but it really felt like a big moment where I think this really came to life. So it was a huge, a huge moment. And this year being recognized as credit market is extra special. So I think last year, given that it was two years combined, it also, during the pandemic, uh, we had several things we can talk through them. Something called Ideas for Good, Ideas for Growth, that generated a huge number of very interesting creative ideas, and some of those actually went on to be recognised last year. So it was really a, a great fall by far record that we've ever achieved. We we're very proud of it. I'll give you the chance. How many did you win last year? We did win 40 awards last year, including two Titaniums and two Grand Prix, which was amazing. It's our record, so we were thrilled. But it's it's humbling as well. There's incredible creativity around, you know, and I think to be part of that and to be in the conversation for us is is humbling, it's a real honour.
3: That's not bad.
4: That yeah, not it's bad not either. bad at all. It's not bad.
3: So one of those campaigns that was um, that really resonated with juries uh, was the Mishloop Ultra Contract for Change campaign. Yeah. Have you had a lot of feedback around, what was it especially that just really impacted with, with jurors, but also what did it mean for consumers who saw that?
4: I think what what resonated for jurors and what some of the feedback we got was that what our company I think has done well over the last two to three years is leverage creativity as a way to solve problems as as opposed to a way to solve advertising, right? This isn't an advertising thing. This is a solution thing. And what we're hearing from consumers was that 90% of consumers are looking for more organic products, but only 1% of American farmland is organic. Mm So then, the question was why? What is this? What is why is there such a big gap? And how can what can we role can we play in solving that? And speaking to a number of farmers, what they said to us is, it's at least a three-year transition from non-organic to organic. Uh, you generally lose some yield along the way, right? So you lose some money, and at the end, you don't have a guaranteed buyer. So many of them are resistant to do it. So Michelob Ultra, uh, you, particularly Michelob Ultra Gold, which uses organic grains in in the product. it's an organic beer set out to solve this so how do we use creativity to solve this problem so we spoke to farmers all around the country and said what if we give you a guaranteed contract in three years time we will buy if you make the transition to organic we need it for our products the world needs this so it's good for the consumer it's good for the farmer it's good for the brand We'll buy it guaranteed in three years' time if you make the transition. And in between, we will give you training on how to do that. And we will also guarantee that for some of your other products that are not organic, we will also buy that for our other products. So for me, it, I think what resonated is this was creativity to solve a real-life problem, not to create an ad. And I think that's really what stood out. It was a, a wonderful campaign. We've had great feedback on it. And again, not even a campaign, an initiative, yeah. a solution.
3: So... What have have been the lessons that the the company has learned from from that success? How do you take that forward from maybe the other brands that you you work on?
4: I think if you look back, you know, when we set this big dream, so going back to the the beginning, five years ago, we set a big dream and it was a really big dream. Our company dreams big. And when we do, we set out to, to go and do it was let's become, we need to become the best company in the world at creative effectiveness. So then the question becomes, how do we do that? We're a big company and we're a house of brands, as you know. So we have more than 500 brands. It's not like we need two or three teams to evolve. We need literally 500 brand teams to get better. So how are we going to do that? So what we set out to do originally was say, okay, we need to update people. We need to make sure we have the right people in place. We need to have the right processes in place. And then we need to have the right partners. So we went on this very long journey to go and do that. And I think what really worked is that we were able to for lack of a better word, systematize this creative culture and spirit and process within the company. And I think that's why you see things like um, Contract for Change come through, which was really a transforming agriculture idea. Tienda Serka is another campaign, transformed retail. So, you know, we still had very strong marketing campaigns, very strong brand campaigns, but we also had awards last year that were won for things that aren't even brand or campaigns. And and it was really leveraging creativity to be effective at driving some kind of goal, be that growth, good, whatever it might be.
3: So, what, where, I mean, what can we expect to see in terms of how that evolves? Is there, is there something coming quite soon? Or is this, I mean, obviously it's
4: going to be a long-term
3: strategy, but yeah. what can we expect short-term? So
4: we feel it was an honour to be sort of winning this award this year because we genuinely feel still quite early in the journey, truthfully. Yeah so i think there's an opportunity for us to still get better at this to to train our people to get stronger to really build more creative capabilities internally and then i think where we can really evolve this going forward right is we've enabled a very strong creative marketing transformation and now we have the opportunity to really step into a leadership role from growth so as i said this all began with a growth objective organic growth is the goal so now we need to add to that? How do we enhance? We always put people first, human beings. So how do we understand people? Make sure that we're relevant to them. Make sure we understand their problems and their needs and their desires. Because if you don't understand those, creativity isn't very helpful. You're going to solve the wrong problem. So if you understand the problem and then you can use creativity and innovation, which we can still get better at, then the big question is now how can we use All of these modern day digital tools that are evolving very quickly, but we have some really powerful internal digital products and brands that are now at our fingertips. So, How do we use those things to really turbocharge all of the effectiveness of these efforts? And as a marketer, I think that's super exciting. All of a sudden, these new tools that we can learn and play with. So,
0: Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you've, you've glanced over uh, another of the big uh, winning campaigns mm-hmm. last year, uh, Tienda Cerca, mm-hmm. which, as you said, was to help Colombian retailers and bring them all together into, was it one platform uh, to work all together? Why, yeah. why was that an initiative that AB
4: Inbev felt they needed to, or you guys needed to step in to actually make happen? So this came out of our ideas for good process, which Mm -hmm. was really when the pandemic kicked in, you know, this was a question of how our company has certain capabilities and how can we use those things to help the world? Right now, the world needs help. This isn't about growth. This is about help. And so we created this ideas for good process where anyone around the world, agencies, internal salespeople, marketing could contribute ideas. We would, as a committee, sort through what we thought the ones that could have the most impact, pilot them really, really quickly. The ones that fail, let them go. The ones that work, we scale them up to another neighborhood, another city, another country. And this is one of those examples. So this came from a sales rep in Colombia. He literally said all of these, Colombia is sort of dominated by these small independent family retailers, right? And they service their local neighborhoods, these local independent stores. So it's very much family run and their customers are their friends. But during the pandemic, they had to shut. So all of a sudden you have retailers who are earning no income, you have People who need all of these products, but they can't get them because they can't leave their homes. And the sales rep was like, we have great technology systems. What if we created something to just help connect these people? Mm -hmm. And so it started really small. And it literally connected a bunch of retailers in one uh, neighborhood. And what would happen is the, the consumer would say, I need these things. And it would actually become a WhatsApp message that would alert the retailer. And based on your location, it would alert the right retailer. And then they would deliver. And then it scaled and it scaled. I think we had 60,000 stores in the first couple of weeks. And by the end, we got over 400,000 stores across Latin America. So nine countries. And that's what I mean. This was a a very small experiment. It was a small idea that became an exciting big idea that genuinely helped retailers and it helped people. So I think that's that's what creativity can do.
3: Mm -hmm. What's the legacy of that campaign then? Because... I mean, having had such a level of success and engagement, mm-hmm. you're not going to let that go. So, what, what do you do with it?
4: Well, you know, it was built for a specific time. So, mm-hmm. I think, very transparently, it wasn't necessarily the most technologically advanced platform. It was really WhatsApp and connecting people. And then, yeah. as things started opening up, as stores opened up, and people could revert back to, you know, going in person, etc., there wasn't as strong a need. But we're still able to leverage that. So, that still becomes a system we can use. We have amazing learnings for when we need to do those kinds of things in, in future. Mm-hmm. So, already, it's more a case of. Uh, a lesser case of how do we leverage that and more how do we take some of those learnings and feed it into some of our bigger, bigger platforms where we have some pretty big DTC or direct-to-consumer businesses around the world. We have an amazing uh, B2B to, uh, where we serve our customers mm-hmm. and so a lot of the learnings from that can be baked into those things and really turbocharge them which is amazing. Uh,
3: and I, mean, I can't talk about ABM's work without asking a bit about uh, arguably your most recognizable brand Budweiser. It is. Which is such an American brand as well, and I, I've been thinking about it from an international perspective. And how how does that sell internationally? Do do you think consumers actually seek out Budweiser because
4: of its American its American roots, or how does the brand use that uh, globally? I think Budweiser is one of those iconic American brands. You know, you have Levi's like that. So I think. At its heart is this American spirit, to, the drive to succeed, the drive when people say no to you, you're not going to make it, to just push through the hero's journey to really strive and overcome obstacles. And I think, you know, that spirit, what the brand represents, is universal. So I think that throughout the world, people see that. They're recognized by as one of those. And I think creatively, the brand is doing some really interesting things at the moment that you will see coming out almost imminently and sort of over the next few months. Uh, so look out for that. There's some exciting work still coming to bring that to life
3: better not be this week.
4: <laughs> I, I believe it is not this week, but well, I will confirm for you.
3: Uh, and uh, finally, because we have a busy week ahead of us, mm-hmm. uh, what, is it that, what does ABA MBF have going on this week then? What, what is running for line in 2022?
4: So I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing and then I'll tell you about some of the campaigns that we're excited about. So in terms of what we're doing, this is a, a big moment for us to bring our top marketeers, our top talents from around the world, all into Can, because for us, you know, I've only been once before, Uh, And it was honestly the best learning experience I've ever had in my career. I think the quality of the programming is phenomenal. And then on top of that, all sort of interspersed, we have a curated agenda as well for our team. So what we'll often do is go to a main stage presentation with one of the big speakers. And then we'll invite that speaker into our private room almost immediately afterwards and have a private Q&A. So it's a phenomenal experience to to learn from them and then to learn even deeper in private. So we have a, a really wonderful curated experience for them. We also want to celebrate. So we have a few moments and a few occasions with our partners, with some of the the big allies that we have, where we will have some celebration, which is great. So that's really what we have going on. And and we're honored. Obviously, we're going to accept the award on Friday. We have a big uh, opportunity where our CEO is actually coming out with our CMO, and he will talk in detail on Friday at 3 p.m. on on the main stage about this journey and how we're reimagining what a beer company can be. So this is an important week for us. And then it is very early, right? You and I are talking on Sunday. So uh, there's a a handful of shortlists. We found out actually just literally walking in that we already have about, I think, I believe it's 15 shortlists. Two of them we knew about in advance, uh, which is two of the campaigns I'm very excited about. Uh, One of them is um, McEnroe versus McEnroe. That's been shortlisted for an innovation campaign. And it is, without giving it away, if anyone hasn't seen it, it is literally a real McEnroe playing tennis against a virtual McEnroe. The technology that went into this is mind-blowing. He himself can't believe it. So that one is up for an amazing award. And uh, we're we're really fingers crossed on innovation for that one. Uh, And then there there are two more. One is uh, really up for Titanium. And I think this was... We have an internal awards campaign called Creative... Or or internal awards program called Creative X, And this was one of my favorite campaigns that came out of it. I absolutely love it. Uh, It's called the Corona Fishing Tournament. And it happened in Mexico, in Sinaloa. And basically, it's a fishing tournament... And instead of fishing for fish, people fish for plastic. So the problem that we had is all of these fishermen were pulling up in their nets rather than fish were pulling up plastic. So the question is, there's a problem here that can be solved, but there's no one helping them to do it. So this fishing tournament said, we will pay you the same price for a kilo of plastic. As you would ordinarily get for a kilo of fish so this tournament is about fishing for plastic and then obviously that's not a stunt to make it sustainable we then connected these fishermen with uh, recycling companies so what the fishermen are now saying is regardless of what i pull in i can get an income from the fish that i have and i can actually also get an income from the plastic so it's, again, one of those amazing, I think, cases where it's good for the planet. It's good for the fishermen themselves. And as a brand, I think we're, we're doing some good in the world. So it really helps Corona and its positioning around being just very natural and from the beach. So uh, I think that's an exciting campaign. There's one more, if you'll let me tell Please? you. It's a, it's a small one. Sorry, it's a big campaign, but, if, but uh, I love creativity that you have that aha moment and you go, why didn't we think of that before? Uh, it's called Save It, See It. It's from Michelob Ultra, and it is effectively built around the problem that women's sport in general is not getting visibility. And part of the reason for that is we, we need to, sorry, I should say, the opportunity to give women more visibility is changing some of the algorithmic things that live behind the system. So on Instagram... Uh, the save button is almost like a super like button, if you like. It tells the algorithm, not only is this something I like, but this is something I would actually want to refer back to in future. And it just so happens that the save button looks exactly like the Michelob Ultra logo. So there's an entire campaign based around women's sport to give them more visibility, to actually effectively hack the algorithm on what... So again, we can't control visibility, but we can control what the system, what the algorithm is going to show you. And so the whole campaign was built around female athletes saying, if you want to see more of it, don't like it, save it. And they point at the save button. And by saving it, it tells the algorithm you want to see more of it. So, uh, you know, women athletes got almost 2,500% more coverage than they would normally have gotten. So it's a really lovely campaign, beautiful idea. And I'm hoping that that one pulls in a few, a few awards as well.
3: I'm loving your passion for talking about <laughs> these ideas as well. That makes me wonder, though, how do you decide what... What missions or what uh, initiatives you're going to take on? What, how do you decide, yeah, that's something that matches this brand that we should actually tackle?
4: It's a great question, and I think it comes down to knowing what your brand is for in the world, right? And I mentioned earlier, if you can find a problem that is good for the world, good for people in general, and good for your brand, and to that you have to understand your brand and kind of what role it plays. If you can find that intersection, then it is worth going. I think what we often do is say, how can I do good? And I don't think that's necessarily the objective. I think the objective is, what is this brand for? What does it do? And that doesn't need to be a great cause or anything huge in the world. It just needs to be, this brand exists to do this thing. And then if you can find a problem where people have that problem, or the world has that problem, or retail has that problem, and you can sync those up, that's where the magic happens to me.
3: Well, I'm going to let you go because it's warm outside and it's not warm in this room right now. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, it's been brilliant to talk to you, and I've, I've really enjoyed hearing uh, well, a lot about uh, the award-winning work, but
4: hopefully there'll be more award-winning work, and we, we can are. talk about those in our time as well. I look forward to that, team. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a great chat.
3: Well, uh, and thank you uh, for you, the audience, for joining us. There will be a lot more Cam line coverage coming from the team here on the ground as the week goes, and I'm going to head off and have a drink with the AB Bev team, who
4: hopefully will buy a couple Indeed, we will. Come and join us. Yes.
0: Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Week's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcast. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.